Sup, you beautiful bastards. Hope you have a fantastic Wednesday. Welcome back to The Philip DeFranco Show. And of course, remember, I, I feel like I don't need to say it because this threat stands always. Remember to make sure that you are subscribed and you hit that like button. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to punch you in the throat. But with that said, let's just jump into it. And the first thing we're gonna talk about today is actually kind of a quick story. I've had people asking me, what do I think about Dave Chappelle's new special? Also specifically, the reactions from the likes of BuzzFeed News and Vice. If you didn't see, Vice posted an article titled, you can definitely skip Dave Chappelle's new Netflix special, BuzzFeed News but how Dave Chappelle doesn't need to punch down. And as far as my reaction, I think this is some of the best promotion Dave Chappelle could get for his new comedy special. Personally, I watched his new special as well as the the kind of secret epilogue. It's like 22 extra minutes. And granted, I didn't agree with everything that Dave Chappelle said in that special, but that's not why I watch comedy. Right? I don't watch it to go, well, that seems safe, and I agree with that. I personally found the special and the extras really funny. I think part of comedy is seeing the line, fucking with the line, crossing the line, commenting on people's reaction when you do so. You know, I think at a time where we've seen people try to take down comedians for kind of jokes that they're trying, I personally find it refreshing that Dave Chappelle is giving us well-crafted don't give a fuck. Now, with all of that said, I will acknowledge here, I'm very biased on the topic, but when it comes to comedy and comedians, like 99 out of 100 times, I'm probably going to defend the comedian who's being attacked for something they said during a set. I personally see comedians, and it's probably because it's my favorite style of comedian, as line messer withers, which is a real thing that I did not just make up because my vocabulary sucks. And also, regarding the specific topic of this story, I'm a big fan of Dave Chappelle. Right, and I think with, with commentary or, or comedy, if everyone likes it, then it's, it's probably not good. Right, something that I liked from a a Salon article about this. They wrote, comedians are supposed to say things we can't or won't. If everyone agrees, they're not doing their job. Right? And I really agree with that. Yeah, that's this quickie story, my personal reaction to it. And of course, I pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts on this? I'd, I'd love to know in those comments down below. And then let's talk about the interesting news surrounding the SAT and College Board. Right, so back in May, a tool called the Environmental Context Dashboard was announced. And it was something that was intended to assess the kind of background that a student came from based on 15 different factors. Factors that included neighborhood crime rates, family income, what percentage of students received free or reduced meals in a community and more. And all of those metrics were reportedly then used to create one score on a scale of one to 100 called an adversity score with a score of 50 considered average and numbers above 50 indicating more hardship and under less, right? And considering a student's socioeconomic background in this way was introduced as an effort to allow colleges to view a student's SAT results in the context of the conditions where that student lives and learns. With many viewing the plan as the college board acknowledging the long running criticism of using grades and tests alone in admissions without considering unequal access to advanced coursework, high-priced tutors and prep classes, among other advantages. With David Coleman, the chief executive officer of the College Board, reportedly saying that the score would better capture the student's, quote, resourcefulness to overcome challenges and achieve more with less. And this was something that was actually implemented. Reportedly, 50 colleges used the adversity score last year as part of a beta test, with the College Board saying that they plan to expand it to 150 institutions this fall. And notably here, while the score reportedly did not take the student's race into account, during the pilot testing, data results show that the tool boosted non-white enrollment. And so some critics called this race-based affirmative action under a different name. Some saying that it was problematic to boil down an entire thing into just kind of one number. Others were also uncomfortable with the fact that the adversity score couldn't be viewed by students and families. But with all that said, up until this point, these are things that we have previously covered. The reason that we're talking about this today is that the college board has now announced that they are dropping this adversity score. With David Coleman now saying, the idea of a single score was confusing because it seemed that all of a sudden the college board was trying to score adversity. That's not the college board's mission. The college board scores achievement, not adversity. And so instead, the college board says that they've revised the tool, which has now been renamed landscape. And they say this new system will still provide admission officials with information about a student's background. However, Coleman says that these data points will not be given a score and they will be made available to students and families. And as far as the timing here, Coleman says that within a year, they'll be able to show this information transparently. And as far as the data in question, the college board says that it will record general data about a student's high school, including locale, senior class size, percentage of students eligible for free or reduced lunch, average SAT scores, and 
AP participation and performance. Additionally, they will also provide colleges with data about a student's neighborhood and school based on six key factors. And those factors are reportedly college attendance, household structure, median family income, housing stability, education levels, and crime rates. With Coleman saying, we'll leave the interpretation to the admissions officer and adding in other words, we're leaving a lot more room for judgment. And as far as my reaction to the story, I, uh, it feels like it's essentially the same thing, but they're kind of pushing the responsibility to the side. Or like if the previous system that they were testing was uh, them baking a cake, this new one feels a little bit like uh, they're hello fresh. They're like, we've given you the ingredients and you can make the cake yourself now because everyone got really angry when we made the cake. That said, I think there's still a conversation and debate around if they should be providing this. Is it helpful? And I personally think that in the right hands, it could be, you know, much like how you would consider a student's extracurricular activities, right? They maybe have extra time there. They're part of this club and they, they donated their time to this charity, right? So to a certain degree, it might make sense to consider the obstacles that others were able to bypass. But hey, ultimately that's the story. Some of my thoughts, and of course, as always, I pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts on this? And then finally, let's talk about these massive updates around the Pro Jared situation. And for those unfamiliar with this situation, Pro Jared is a YouTuber, streamer, and gamer. And he was accused of several things, including sexual misconduct. And notably there, that also included people accusing him of soliciting and sending nudes from underage people. And a lot of this blew up back in May when he announced that he and his now ex-wife, cosplayer Heidi O'Farrell, would be getting a divorce. And there, along with saying that this decision was reached after extensive individual therapy on my part and couples therapy together, and that this is all I plan on stating publicly regarding this matter, he notably included during this time, you may see a lot of rumors, speculation, and gossip going around. I ask that you make your own observations and come to your own conclusions. And before moving forward, I do want to point out there, there are kind of three things that different groups are focusing on here. For Jared's relationship and accusations connected to his now ex-wife Heidi, his alleged interactions with legal-aged fans, and then his alleged interactions with underage fans. So with all that said, after Jared put out that post, we heard from Heidi. She tweeted that Jared had cheated on her and said that he was abusive towards her. She also said that she knew that he was soliciting sexually explicit photos from his fans, but believed them to all be consent adults, and adding that she had previously thought this was kind of a Tumblr joke at first, but then saying it kept escalating secretly. He started a Snapchat for getting nudes from fans without telling me. I found out via a fan comment. I felt pressured to allow it even though I was uncomfortable, but now sees it as manipulative and as an abuse of power since he is a public figure. That then led to accusations that he sent unsolicited nudes. Notably, there were two major accusations from two people who claimed to be minors at the time that they spoke with Jared. One who goes by the name Chai said that he was 16 at the time and that pro Jared was aware of his age and that he did send Jared his nudes. And another accusation that followed came by another person who goes by Charlie. And they said that they were close to Chai's age when they interacted with pro Jared, adding that they sent pictures to him and that he never asked for their age. Along with this, there were also accusations about inappropriate behavior on a blog used by pro Jared and his fans, many of whom said that they were young. And as a result of all these accusations coming out, he lost subscribers. YouTubers started to distance themselves from him. Uh, Normal Boots, the creator collective that he belonged to, said that they mutually agreed to part ways and planned to do so before the accusations were made public. Another creator collective by the name of Game Grum started removing videos that he appeared in. And following all of this, Jared ended up releasing a statement saying that he was, quote, I am deeply sorry to anyone who has seen the accusations, vitriol, or unwanted photos that my former partner Heidi and others have been posting online. He then continued to discuss his marriage, divorce, and accusations that he cheated on his wife with someone named Holly, and adding, a few years ago, Heidi asked me if we could be in an open polyamorous marriage. Adding, Heidi has taken several casual partners and has been in a more serious relationship with another partner since 2017. Going on to claim, Heidi encouraged me to tell Holly that I was developing feelings for her, but when I did, things changed with Heidi, saying she became angry and vindictive and did not want me to see or speak with Holly anymore. She called me a, quote, cheater, claimed that I was destroying our marriage because of my, quote, affair. This, even though she continued to have other relationships with other partners. He claims that he was, quote, never the abuser and added that he tried to end the relationship in October. He then goes on to say, I want everyone to know that any other interactions I may have had with any other women were known to and encouraged by Heidi and were had with only the purest and lawful intentions. Also, regarding sharing more of his side of the story, he says, even though I have been tempted to put information out online that shows my side of the story, 
agree. I don't want to further stoke the fires of what should be a private matter between us. And he closed that previous statement by saying, I am sorry to everyone that I have disappointed. I realize that as a public figure, I am held to a higher standard. I have made my share of mistakes, but I have only ever tried to do what's best for Heidi and me. All right, so that's kind of the, the simplified recap. But then yesterday we got a massive update to this story with Pro Jared releasing a 42 minute long video called You've Been Lied To. And there he tells his side of the story, which as of recording this video, it has over 1 million views. He opens by saying that the accusations of him exchanging photos with minors were false and that he had proof and adding that he only sent and solicited nude photos from consenting adults. What this all came down to was people saying that I was exchanging nudes with fans on Snapchat and Tumblr. And a lot of people want to know if I did any of that. Yeah, I did. And I always made it clear that it was for consenting adults only. Now, as far as people saying that he abused his power and his position, he said he did not, but did say there was a power imbalance. That comes down to who I am and what I do. Even if there was nothing offered in return, there was still incentive for people to do it because I am a YouTuber. And there he says that he understands this perspective and apologizes to those who were upset that there was a power imbalance. And following that, he starts diving into the accusations that were made against him, primarily the ones by Chai and Charlie. And there he notes that both of them have deleted their initial accusation tweets, first discussing Chai's story, where Pro Jared claims that he had no memory of ever interacting with Chai on any basis, and saying that the things Chai claims don't sound like his character. He then breaks down a timeline of Chai's accusations, which Chai said happened in 2016, specifically between March and July, which also happens to overlap with the time when Pro Jared's Tumblr was hacked, also saying that it lined up with a very important part of Chai's life that Pro Jared says he wrote about in a Medium post. Chai had allegedly suffered a severe head injury playing basketball in November of 2015, which caused him to have a gap in memory for the next six months. It also came with hallucinations and voices in his head, which eventually told him to do violent things, which he said were part of psychosis, and adding that it reached a tipping point when in August of 2016, his psychosis symptoms were so bad that he told his mom that he would kill her if she didn't take him to the hospital, but that after his hospitalization, he eventually became better. And of all of this, Pro Jared says, To reiterate, Chai's accusation was that the things I supposedly did happened between March 2016 and May 2016. Chai also states that he has no memory during this exact same period and hallucinations continuing until August 2016. And also arguing that since this happened when his Tumblr was hacked, the hacker would have presumably leaked it if it were real. He then goes on to say that it is a possibility that Chai lied about his medical situation, but that if he lied about that, then that could make him untrustworthy. Pro Jared then goes into accusations from Charlie, who says he does remember. And there he says that screenshots of messages that Charlie shared were cropped to make him look bad. Notably not including this part of their messages where it appears that Pro Jared does ask for Charlie's age and they say they are above 18. This even though in their claim in interview with the Daily Beast, Charlie said that Pro Jared did not ask for their age. Pro Jared then goes on to say that Chai and Charlie actually first took their stories to the Game Grumps, and adding when he saw the email that they sent that he actually reached out to apologize, but he said that they were not happy with the apology even though in their email to Game Grumps they requested one. Also, as far as the situation with Normal Boots, Pro Jared clarified their decision to part ways. I was not fired. I resigned so that everyone else at Normal Boots wouldn't get dragged down with me. And then he kind of closes out this part of the video by questioning how much we can trust Chai and Charlie. How can we trust Chai when his cohort, Charlie, was already 
lying. And with this, adding that he thinks the two did this for money and attention, as they had linked things like their PayPal and Amazon wishlist to their social profiles. Jared's video then continues, and it also addresses another allegation from a woman by the name of Pamela Horton, who is a part of a group called Toaster Ghost. And she had claimed that when she met him, which pro Jared says was at a Nintendo event in 2015, that he had looked up her nude photos and then forcefully showed them to a group of people. And adding that later on in their future encounters, he had made disrespectful and lewd comments about her. And Jared here says that he is especially shocked by this because not only does he have no memory of it, but he claims that since their meeting at this event, they had been friendly to one another. Jared going on to say that there were three other men present at this alleged time, two of whom confirmed to him that they have no memory of this, saying that he then dug further into her accusations to try and find out a specific timeline that he made the disrespectful and lewd comments. And there he ends up saying that she's referring to an E3 panel with Pamela, Matt, Pat, and himself. But regarding that, Jared says that he's never been on a panel with either of them or even on a panel at E3. He then goes on to say that while he does not know Pamela very well, he doesn't think that she would lie about something. I think this is something that probably actually happened to her and she was treated with some amount of disrespect, but she's putting me in the place of someone who actually treated her this way. And there, users on Reddit have pointed out that Pamela did appear on an E3 panel with Matt Pat, but pro Jared was not there. However, users did point out that one of the other people on the panel, Kyle Bossman, does appear to resemble pro Jared a little bit. But a big note here is this is something that only users have noticed, and regarding Kyle Bossman, Pamela has not said anything against him. But regarding this, the thing I do want to hit on is that there are no confirmed reports or allegations that she mixed the two up. And as of recording this video, the only thing we've seen publicly from Pamela Horton was a tweet saying, I try in my presence online and in real life to be honest about my life. We as people are molded by our experiences, and that's that's what makes people so great. Trying to hurt or bring anyone down has never been what I do. People who know me know this. I know my truth. Now in response to that, you had some people bringing up an old tweet from June 4th where she had tweeted, to all the people that I might see at E3, I apologize in advance if I don't immediately remember you. I've been having some cognitive issues related to both menopause and other health issues that make remembering stuff hard. But regarding those claims, we saw another creator by the name of Amelia Talon who tweeted, no, and I'll tell you why, Jared was a dickhole long before Pamela ever entered menopause. And of note here, as others have pointed out, Pamela in her accusations back in May did not specifically reference E3 herself. But for now, that's where we are there. So there was that, and then the final thing that Pro Jared talked about were the cheating allegations. And there, he claimed that those were false. No cheating happened. I told my wife of the time that I no longer wanted to be with her in October of 2018. I was refused. I was told no. I was denied. I had my career threatened. I felt controlled. He then goes on to say that the stuff regarding his relationship with Heidi and Holly should not be made public business. And then closing the video requesting people not harass him or anyone else involved in the story. Now, as far as reactions to this video, right now we've seen both Chai and Charlie's accounts being turned private. Chai's bio saying offline for a while. With Charlie saying, just because I locked my account doesn't mean shit. I just don't want any more death threats, LMAO. And we also saw Heidi end up sending out a long Twitter thread last night about their marriage and his denial of cheating. Saying, Jared told me point blank, I own my infidelity. That's what it was and there's no excuse. Now he's publicly insisting it never happened and I'm just a liar. This is beyond dehumanizing. He cheated on me, acknowledged it, and backtracked for the public slash his angry girlfriend. Going on to say he did suggest breaking up last October and then it didn't happen. We had a conversation that ended with a mutual agreement to stay together. He kissed me sweetly on his way out the door to go fuck Holly at TwitchCon. She then goes on to say that Jared told her that if she went to TwitchCon, he would break up with her. She says that Jared was living a double life and she claims that the real divorce and breakup was actually in February. And there she shares screenshots of their relationship at the time, adding that while not romantic, she says they proved they were at least trying. 
another tweet, she says that Jared sleeping with Holly happened long before she even realized. And regarding that lying, she said that it was calculated, intentional, pathological, terrifying, saying that's not a scared, desperate man. He was firmly in control. And regarding the accusation that this is kind of calculated on Jared's part, Heidi retweeted a tweet that read, Pro Jared has essentially just done what people who are pro at manipulating people do and set off a fucking bomb for his ex to have to publicly navigate during Dragon Con week. If this doesn't set off red flags of what this man's character truly is like, I don't know what to tell you. An event that as of this morning, it appears that she is leaving. But ultimately, that is where we are with this story right now. And like I said at the beginning, there, there are a lot of different things that people are focusing on. Some of the things connected, some not. But with all of that said, of course, I want to pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts on all of this? And that's where we're going to end today's show. And hey, of course, as always, thank you for watching. If you like today's show, I'd love if you took a second to hit that like button. Also, if you're new here, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Definitely click that bell to turn on notifications. Also, if you're not 100% filled in, remember I posted a brand new video where I had a conversation with some of you guys. And for others, maybe you missed yesterday's Philip DeFranco show you want to catch up. You can click or tap right there to watch either of those right now. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.